point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. Happy New Year, Father. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas, Dr. Bergwald. We are recording this a bit earlier, but today is, uh, well, the first day this is airing, it's January 2nd, so um, 2014 is upon us. Uh, before we get into today's show, Father, just thought I would mention for our listeners, again, um, contact information. If anybody has any topics you'd like to hear in the new year or next year, if you want us to wait, um, we, we love listener feedback, Any to- again, ideas for topics, any questions you have for, for this or, or prior episodes of Ignition, um, any complaints you might have, please do let us know. Um, if you like our witty, witty banter, let us know. We like to hear compliments on our witty banter because we think it's probably pretty bad. So I'm looking for affirmation, Father. Actually, I'm always wishing we could kind of get to the topic a little more quickly. Oh, whatever. Bah humbug. Bah humbug, Father Dickinson. My email address to send whatever feedback you might have is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. So, Father, uh, we're in the new year, but as we mentioned last week, the Christmas season is still upon us. Uh, Christmas is not over by a long shot yet. Uh, And I know you have a story about that 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 I think is worth sharing. Um, Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, this is my first year at the at the Newman Center. Went with about uh, oh uh, probably seventy some students down to Orlando to a conference put on by Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And it was over New Year. We got down there on the the twenty ninth or the thirtieth, uh, the Made for More conference. It was entitled. And uh, the first night we were there, the twenty ninth or the thirtieth, a uh, uh, a Christian musician is up there playing and. He's like, yeah, my band and I have been break. I've been on break uh, in December, and this is our first gig after after Christmas. And Christmas is over now, and you know, three thousand, four thousand Catholic college students we yell, no. He's like, I know, I can't believe it either, but Christmas is over. <laughs> and uh, he didn't quite uh, understand that. Didn't, but the, the best part was. Um, a couple nights later on New Year's Eve, uh, Matt Marr, a Catholic uh, musician, gets up, uh, is playing. He's like, now I thought I heard someone say the other night that Christmas was over. And again, everyone's like, no. And he's like, that's right. Uh, we're, uh, we're Catholic and we like to party. <laughs> you know, our feasts go on. And then his band went into like an eight-minute rendition of like probably 10 or 15 different Christmas carols, uh, all kind of uh, looped together. And so it was, it was really great. It was just a great reminder of, uh, the ongoing season. And so that's why we, you know, started this, uh, even though we're in 2014, we're in January. Uh, we started this, uh, 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 off by saying not just happy new year, but Merry Christmas. Exactly. Merry Christmas. And we'll go through it's, uh, Sunday, January 12th here, uh, still a, a, over a week and a half away. Um, the, the feast of the baptism of the Lord, that, that will be finally the day in which, um, the, the Christmas season concludes. So we still have got lots more time to party as Matt Maher said, father. Yes. So I think another common misconception that, that, uh, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ, other Christians, um, 
have around this time of the year pertains to one of the central figures in the the celebration of Christmas or or, or the the original event that we're celebrating with the the feast of Christmas, um, and that is of course Mary. Uh, the mother of Jesus Christ, our Lord and God. Um, you know, we've, we we saw uh, leading up to Christmas. Um, of course, nativity plays are often done in churches, in in Catholic and Christian schools, and so on. Um, and, and so Mary's role, obviously, together with Joseph, uh, journeying from from um, their their home in Galilee and Nazareth to to Bethlehem, uh, where where Jesus is born. Um, this whole role of Mary and we as Catholics, and we'll spend some more time on this uh, in this episode, just just uh, on the first of the year, celebrate the great solemnity of Mary as the mother of God. But this is a point where, you know, for, for other Christians... It could be a, a, a point of tension, and 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 some among them, some 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 Protestants have have called uh, their their fellow Protestants to to maybe reflect a little bit more on are on they are they are they giving Mary short shrift a little bit, uh, Father? Any any um, I think you had read an article uh, talking a little bit about that from a Protestant perspective that the the need for for all Christians to really reflect more on Mary's role. Um, she's not. As we'll, as we'll get into, she's not just the woman who gave birth to Mary. It's what it means to be a mother and how she came to be the mother carries great significance. Right. Um, in fact, uh, uh, this uh, article is reading by, uh, this is through First Things, it's from a couple weeks before Christmas, of uh, uh, by Timothy George, a uh, Protestant author, but he quotes John Calvin. Uh, the, of course, founder of Reformed Protestantism, and uh, he says, We cannot enjoy the blessing brought to us in Christ without thinking at the same time of that which God gave as an adornment and honor to Mary, and willing her to be the mother of his only begotten son. Right, and you, and you can, for that matter, Father, you can also find similar things um, in the writings of Luther. The first generation of the reformers, even the first and second generation of reformers, because Calvin's probably second generation, um, they 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 maybe didn't necessarily they questioned, I think, the veneration of Mary, but the esteem for Mary and the theology of Mary, uh, they weren't that far from the Catholic perspective uh, as, as maybe Protestants today are. And of course, it's commonly spoken of about how uh, Martin Luther is reported to have uh, died with a rosary in his hands. There you go. Now, uh, but but so why? I mean, just because Martin Luther did it, though, and just because John Calvin uh, maybe had a, a phrase in support of some sense of a, a Marian devotion or some sort of filial, childlike love for her, uh, why, that doesn't mean it's necessarily a good idea, does it? That, that's a great point. And, and I've got a friend who, uh, a Lutheran pastor, who on maybe not this specific point, when I point out to him things that, well, Luther said this, he's like, well, Luther's not my pope. I mean, I, I, I'm not beholden to everything that Martin Luther believed. So you're right. The fact that, that Calvin or Luther may have believed certain things about Mary that are very Catholic does it, of, of, in and of itself does not mean anything. So we have to look and see why, you know, why would this be anything important from the Bible? What is there substantially about Mary um, uh, 
Uh, now, as a Catholic, we certainly can say, I mean, the Church tells us that it's okay to do, so that's a good enough reason, because we trust the Church. Um, but sometimes it's good to have some other reasons to look at as well from the Scriptures or other places of why we can speak of Mary as Mother of God, or or why we should uh, give her any honor or any, any unique honor in that way. Why don't we honor her just like we'd honor our own mom or anyone else who's a mother and a Christian? Absolutely. So we have to maybe talk a bit, like, what's different about Mary's motherhood, right? And I think sometimes it's, um, maybe if I could go Chestertonian, can I go Chestertonian a little bit? Please do. Okay, so I'm going to go a little G.K. Chesterton here, in the sense that sometimes it's the most obvious things about our faith that we forget. Right, yeah, that's very true, all right. Right, Um, you know, and uh, G.K. Chesterton loves talking about that. He has a whole book uh, called The Everlasting Man. You know, which he kind of just goes over and over and again about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ wasn't just a moral teacher, and he wasn't just um, a man of platitudes and miracles, but he was God in the flesh. You know, and you know, and so the Buddha might be a man of teaching and a man of peace, and Muhammad might be a man of teaching and religious revival. You know, but they never claim to be, and they aren't God. Right. Whereas that is that is who Jesus is, and so that totally changes everything. Absolutely, Jesus Jesus points not just to his teachings as some of those other teachers did, or or to God. He points to himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when we think about, and so we have to keep that in mind when we get in this conversation to Mary. That there's sometimes maybe some obvious things that are kind of right here, but we just don't maybe see them or think about them. And one of the things I was reading, um, a, uh, I've been reading a book this Advent on uh, Mary, the mother of the Savior, the mother of our interior life, uh, by a Dominican theologian, uh, Reginald Gary Goulagrange, which yes. is just a fun name to say, yes? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Um, but in there he talks about Mary's motherhood as being different from other human motherhood. Uh, different from other human motherhood. So, Dr. Bergold, when you think of human motherhood, what do you think of? Um, uh, man and woman come together in love, and they conceive a child in the mother's womb, and she, she bears that child for, you know, give or take nine months, and then gives birth to the little critter. And bears him in her heart, and then is responsible with him for 18 years or so. <sighs> or 30 these days. Heart for the rest th- of her life. 30 days these days. Yes, yes. Uh, it depends on how long your son's living in your basement. Um, the Although Jesus stayed in Nazareth till he was sick. There we go, Father. <laughs> hey. But... Um, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so, so the, all of that saying yes, and, and Pope John Paul II would talk about that very beautifully in his uh, precursor to Theology of the Body, his book, Love and Responsibility. Where he talks about that when a woman enters into the nuptial act, uh, she's not just saying yes to uh, this momentary action, right, of the nuptial embrace. She's saying yes to the possibility of new life forming within her. Absolutely. She's saying yes to nine months of bearing that life within her. She's saying yes to labor pain, the possibility of labor pains. She's saying yes to uh, getting no sleep for the next two years after the baby is born. Yes, <laughs> and all she is. We just talked about. And so is Dad. Just so you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> to some of that. <laughs> 
to some of that. Some, some, some of that, some. But but so, so that's what, and, and so I think, uh, and, and those are all beautiful things to think about. But when we talk about the motherhood of Mary, we're not just talking about that. We are talking about that, but we're talking about more. Right? What What do you mean? Well. So we are talking about this normal motherhood, and yes, she bore Jesus in her womb for nine months, and yes, she nursed him, right? Yes, she cared for him, but we're talking about more. So if you go to Luke chapter 1, to the uh, announcement of Gabriel, uh, we call it the Annunciation uh, from the Latin word. Uh, so when we go uh, to that encounter, and we go to that, uh, she's being asked not just to say yes to uh, to a normal human birth. She's saying she's being asked to say yes to something else, right? And so, uh, like in verse thirty-one, uh, angel Gabriel says to her, "You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus." He'll be great. He'll be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mm. Okay? That sounds pretty impressive, right? It does. It does. But um, it's even more impressive, though, when we think about uh, what goes on after that. So it's not just a, and, and even there, that could just be a normal motherhood, couldn't it? Right, because to be to be you know if, if, to be honest, everything that Gabriel says to Mary could be under. It's, it's clearly Gabriel is announcing to Mary that that um, God is inviting her to to be the mother of the Messiah. It's not you know obviously we automatically think that. We, because the Messiah happens to also be the Son of God, um, we, we, we automatically think that Mary knew everything that she was getting into right from that moment, and she may not have. But, but we see how the angel brings that up, though, too. So she is aware of some of it. Yes. So I want to make that distinction. So he's not just asking her because he intensifies it, because he first asked her to be the mother of the king, right? The heir to the throne of David verses 31, 32, and 33, but 34, she asks the question, well, how can this be? I have no relations with a man, right? Um, and the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Right. And that's where things change. That's where things change for her, that this is not just, you know, hey, you know, uh, you're going to have a child. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm engaged, so I'm kind of hoping, you know, or whatever it might be, whether she was going to be a consecrated virgin her whole life or whether uh, she wasn't, don't want to dive into that. Um, but, you know, she asks that question, how can this be? And he reveals, okay, this is a different sort of motherhood. Right. And that's precisely the thing I think we miss sometimes. Mm. The, year will be, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Um... And so in that, in that little turn right there, in that exchange, her yes that she gives then at verse 38, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord, uh, that yes is not just now the yes of normal earthly motherhood, it's the yes to something more. Mm. Does that make some sense of that picture and... It does, but I would still, you know, I would still, just for the sake of the devil's advocate, for even though Mary, even though Jesus was born, he he was conceived miraculously. That didn't mean that he had to be divine. You know, again, we presume, but 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 the Messiah could have been born of Mary, it, conceived in a miraculous fashion, but it's but 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 Jesus could theoretically have still have been purely human. Okay, and now you're getting out of a, out of a 
necessarily a non-Catholic Christian argument, but and maybe more towards a, uh, that Jesus didn't necessarily have to be divine, but his divinity is proved throughout his life. Absolutely, and that's and to me that's what what you said earlier. How what she begin what she says yes to at this moment the increasing awareness over time, how, how that grows um, and, and uh, intensifies, perhaps? The- but it was, but, but, but I think it had to be, and I think God uh, would have had to have given her the knowledge, at least some clear knowledge, it might not have been the fullness of knowledge, but a clear knowledge that what she was saying yes to was different. Mm. Because he does want her full cooperation. Absolutely. Right? Yep. He doesn't want to just... Um, you know, I mean, he sent the, he he sent the angel Gabriel down to visit with her, anyways, right? You know, so he's not just looking to have a haphazard. Uh, he wants her to be a partner in this. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, I think that would be the important little emphasis yep. in that regard, right? And I think so, as we're saying, just in this general context, having just celebrated the feast in which we celebrate her as the mother of God, what all of that, you know. What what all of that means now, even in, in in hindsight, so to speak, as well, and what it doesn't mean. I think going back to maybe misconceptions, there is, as you were just saying, there's something different, obviously, about Mary's maternity, about her motherhood, um, with regard to Jesus. Um, but what we're not saying, and there's sometimes confusion about this as well, we're not saying that that Mary originated Jesus's divinity. I mean, Jesus' divinity, he was always God. Um, he, pro- he is the son proceeded from the father. Uh, well, uh, proceeded from the father. Is that the right word? Father? Uh, he's begotten of the father. Begotten of the father. That's the we go. Thank you. Holy from the Spirit creed. proceeds. Yes. Holy Spirit. Yes. And the father and the son. So, so he, he was begotten by the father from all time. Um, so, so Mary, Mary didn't originate in that way. She didn't beget his, his, uh, divinity, but because he, there's this axiom, everything the church says about Mary is something that it says about Jesus. So every, all the church is teaching about Mary is teaching ultimately about Jesus. So we, we early in the church, um, let's see, what was this probably around the, the, the late, uh, fourth century. So the late three hundreds, early four hundreds, um, there, there was still, you know, a lot of discussion and an argument about you know <laughs> the the central mysteries of our Christian faith, uh, the Trinity, the Incarnation, and so on. Um, and, and and there there was a, a bishop um, Nestorius, who who was who was trying to figure out. I think in good faith we would say trying to figure out you know who exactly Jesus is um, and how the how the his divine nature and his human nature relate together. Um, what, how many persons are there in Jesus and so on? Um, and he and he had some opinions that the church finally um, at at uh, in four thirty one at an ecumenical council gathering of all the bishops in Ephesus, um, the the church. Uh, addressed this. And, and, and the curious way, Father, I think if somebody didn't know anything about this, so Nestorius is arguing about who who Jesus is and how many persons there are in Jesus, divine person, human person, so on. And, and the way the church responds to this is by saying, no, Nestorius, you're wrong. Mary is the mother of God. And if he's just stopping, well, if he didn't know anything, like, wait, no, wait, what? I... I thought we were talking about Jesus. What do you, what do you mean, Mary? But there's 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 a relevance there. Do you, do you want to unpack that, or should I continue? Well, yeah. Well, why, why, why don't you? Okay, so 
Mary is the mother of God. She, so the Greek word is theotokos. It means God-bearer. Mary bore God. The church was not saying, as I was just saying a moment ago, the church has never believed that Mary begot Jesus' divinity. But because Jesus Christ is one person with two natures, the way that the church expressed that unity of who he is— uh, as as distinct from what he is and his humanity and his divinity, who he is, he is in his in, in his personhood. He is the Son of God, the Eternal Word, and Mary gave birth to this who. Um, she originally is divinity, but she gave birth to the God Man, and so to 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 be clear about who and what Jesus is and how many who's and what's there are in Jesus, how many persons, how many natures. The church pointed to the fact that Mary has been, had been venerated and it ratified and confirmed that she truly is not just the mother of Jesus, which could be misunderstood to mean just the mother of his human nature. No, you don't just give, you don't give birth. A mother doesn't give birth to a nature. She gives birth to a person. And Mary gave birth to a person who was God. And so we have since 431 in a, in a very formal and official way, but even before then, we have celebrated Mary as the mother of God. Precisely on that defense of who Jesus is. Exactly. So anything else that you, with, with the whole, her, her Mary is mother of God, um, on that specific point that, that you, the, anything that I missed that you think is worth raising? Well, I think it's also good just to think about too, then of, um, maybe on the specific point, I might move to a different point about okay. then her mother, how honoring her motherhood of Jesus is also then a calling to mind of her, uh, motherhood to all of us. Okay. Okay. So go with that. Well, I, I just think it's it's good to remember that um, that she's not. Uh, uh, so we were focusing right now uh, here at Christmas in the New Year on uh, the beginning of the life of Jesus, but of course Mary's also involved at the end of his earthly mission in um, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and Pentecost, and she's involved in the life of the body of Christ um, in that time afterwards. So okay. And in a special way, then, and we see why that is in Jesus' own words on the cross, of his own entrustment of Mary uh, to John, and entrusting John and through John the whole church uh, to Mary's maternal care. Okay. And so we think about, um, you know, uh, which, and of course the line is, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother, and, and his dying words in a death of and, uh, of suffocation from the cross, important words to think about. And so we honor and have this, we, as we honor Mary's motherhood of Jesus, we also honor her uh, motherhood over all who carry the name Christian, over all who have the spirit of Jesus in their soul. Okay. And that's an important thing that's an important to our life of our Christian. And that's a little bit of uh, even some of these Protestant authors speaking about, um, you know, that uh, she's not just the mother of God in this regard. She's the chief mother of our race, in a sense. And we can't just treat her with a cold neglect. Um, here this author is actually quoting a, a 20th, early 20th century Baptist um, who you know argued that uh, uh, that for some of his fellow evangelicals they need to bring Mary in from cold neglect. Mm. 
so the role she so she continues to play a role um, in in the life of the body of Christ, not just Jesus' own body, but the body of Christ in the sense of the church that is the community of disciples or believers. Very much so, very much so, and so and so it's not just an exemplary role. An example is just not an inspirational role, although it is very inspiring. But there's an ongoing maternity in that way. So, and with that point, just briefly, Father, the exemplary role. I think there was a. You had mentioned some 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 quotes or some passages how um, she was a disciple before she was a mother, something to that effect, right? Right. That's a line from Saint Augustine, and and the fact that she would not have been a mother without being a disciple. There we go. So she was conception is a conception through faith. Right. So she wasn't exactly. She wasn't just again going back to the earlier point. She wasn't just a mom uh, in the completely beautiful, but the normal sense. There was much, she was also a, the, a disciple, the first disciple, the greatest disciple of her son. But in addition to that, as again, that's the exemplary role. But she also uh, plays a maternal role with with regard to you and to me and to all disciples. And, uh, uh, and and so it behooves us, it's, it's, it's to our benefit, it's to our blessing to, to take that on and to take part in that. So, and how do we do that then? Well, uh, first of all, just number one, being aware of it. Now, as Catholics, we have a rich tradition in this way. Um, and uh, so there's many ready things available there, the Angelus Prayer, the Rosary, uh, various Marian devotions in that regard. Um, and then, uh, so I think that's that's a good uh, little starting point, and there's good resources uh, readily available to dive in. You thinking of something else? No, no, I just that's I, that's what I had in mind as well. Just the basic devotions uh, to Mary, almost all of which, again, is the church's teaching on Mary leads us points to Jesus. So do devotion to Mary leads us to deeper contemplation of her Son, um, as we find with with almost all of of the Marian devotions. Also, I think it's the teachings on Mary. You know, John Paul II had a beautiful document on the rosary. Um, the, the, one of the major documents of Vatican II, Lumen Gentium, on, on the dogmatic uh, constitution of the church, its, its final chapter is on Mary. So if somebody's looking for um, a little bit, and John Paul II also had another document on um, on Mary's role. So if somebody's looking for the teaching on this, there are all sorts of documents, the catechism, of course, plenty of contemporary church documents to, to explain that. But then I do think it has to go further, Father, uh, further, Father, uh, into that level of devotion. Um, anything else you want to say on that before we conclude? Well, the, the church has always taken her inspiration, I think, from... Mary's motherhood in that way, and and from natural motherhood, just as uh, the div- Mary's mothering of the divinity of Jesus and of the divine one, uh, she doesn't give birth to divinity, but she gives birth to the one who is divine. Um, and so, and in many ways, you know, in kind of masked in that human appearance, so our own devotion towards Mary can take its cues, if you will, from uh, devotion to our own mothers. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great parallel. And we're we're called to, Jesus honored his mother. We should honor her too. I didn't create the parallel. Guess who did? Yeah, uh, I don't know. God. Oh. 
<laughs> I like God. So as we start the new year, just think about ways, pray about ways in which Mary might be able to lead you closer to her son. And with that, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition uh, at the beginning of the new year. Again, my email address, if you have any questions, ideas for your future episodes, is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. And now, mighty God, bless you all in this Christmas and New Year, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.